If you're a guest with us today, you may not know this, but we are journeying through the letter to the Philippians. And we began in January, the first Sunday of January began. And um, today we, you know, this is the second week in May and, and we're, we're starting chapter three. And, uh, and so today, you know, I was teetering back and forth. Do I bring a Mother's Day message or do we continue on through Philippians? And while I, I, I can tell you, we de- I decided to continue through Philippians. So this is not like a typical Mother's Day sermon today. Um, it, it, it's a, I hope and pray it's a Mother's Day approved sermon. Like our moms at the end will go, yeah, that's a good message. Okay, and, and I hope that. But I got to tell you right now, I'm a little nervous. Because I, I, I see Jamie Curtis in our service today, and I have no idea who's in the nursery right now. And if, if the fire alarm goes off or something, just, you know, make, it, make your way to the exit. Jamie, I'm so glad you are here today joining us. Yeah, and happy Mother's Day to you. She's always in the nursery serving our children, and to see you in the service just bless me. Now, that's really why I'm nervous. You're here. <laughs> But uh, if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to Philippians chapter 3. And, and um, we're going we're gonna to go all the way through verse 11, but I'm going to look at the beginning from verses 1 through 9 first. Like I said, this is not a specific Mother's Day message, but I hope it's a mother's, a mother's approved message. And um, as we begin, I just want you guys to take a look at the very first sentence of this passage. Because I'm going to continuously come back. To this first sentence, because the rest of everything that it says there in Philippians chapter three, especially what we're going to look at today, all points back to this first sentence that says, further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. In fact, would you read that with me? Just that first sentence, that first, uh, yeah, that first sentence. Ready? Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. And I'll read the rest. It's no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh, for it is we who are the circumcision. I told you this is not a Mother's Day sermon. (laughs) It's a Mother's Day approved sermon. We who serve God by His Spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone else thinks that they have more, right? If someone thinks that they have more reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. That's what Paul says. And this is what he says. I've been circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. And in regard to the law, I'm a Pharisee. And for zeal, I persecuted the church. And for righteousness based on the law, this is what he says. I'm faultless. Like, he's the perfect guy. But whatever gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Mm. And what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things and consider them garbage. Wow, that's a strong word. That we may gain Christ. Whew. And, and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis 
of faith. These are strong words from the Apostle Paul. And and I'm excited to look into this and see what Paul is saying here. And, um, And just remember, all of this points back to that first sentence in verse 1 where he says, rejoice in the Lord. And, and I want to just go take us back to the beginning when he says that, because the instructions are for us to do th- two things, right? The first thing is to rejoice. And, and, and I want to remind you why we're, we're, we're going through this, uh, this journey through the book of Philippians. It's because the epistle to the Philippians is the epistle of joy, right? This this letter that Paul writes is filled with the, 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 the encouragement and even the command to rejoice. And he rejoices in all kinds of different things, good and bad. And I thought for us coming out of COVID, with so much anxiety and so much of the angst that came with it, what a great message for our church to, to take our eyes off of all the things that were going on in this world and look up at the Lord. And rejoice in Him. Because that's what the second part of this message tells us. It says to rejoice. But the rejoicing is very, very specific. It's rejoice in the Lord. And we cannot get away from that. Because as we go through this entire passage, we're going to look at some of the things that people put their faith in, they put their stock in, they they believe in these things. And what does Paul say about all the rest of the things that you compare to Christ Jesus? He says it's rubbish. It doesn't even compare. So we're going to just take a look at this. I want to just pause right here and let you know, I know today is Mother's Day, and and people are like, we've got got lunch appointments, Pastor. I'm going to make this as quick as I can, okay? All right, so here we go. So today we are reminded that we're journeying through Philippians to to find the joy in life, right? Because our focus is on joy and our passage tells us to rejoice in the Lord. And and, and I want to just remind everybody that earlier on in this sermon series, I gave you a recipe for joy. We talked about how does joy come to us and it's, it's... through the, the, the letters that make up the word joy. And it's corny. And, and, and I don't want to, to make light of it because it, it seems so, uh, uh, so like, like an easy lesson, like a Sunday school lesson almost. But when there's truth there, you just got to own it, right? And so that, those three letters, J-O-Y, Jesus, and then others. And then you. And over and over and over again, the Apostle Paul shares this, this beautiful passage, uh, this beautiful lesson on, on how when we put our focus and our attention on Jesus first, and then others, and then yourself, the, 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 the depth of joy wells up in our lives. And so I don't want to just throw out cliches. But this whole Jesus, other you thing, it's more than a cliche. It's truth. And, and when we even look at what Paul is talking about here, um, I want to I just highlight that the first thing Jesus points to, the first thing that Paul points to is Jesus. Rejoice in the Lord. Okay? And then he goes on to give a warning. He says, watch out. Watch out. And then he, he uses some hard language here, right? 
Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. And, um, and who Paul is referring to here are the Judaizers. These are Jewish Christians that, that still believe in the Old Testament Levitical law as, 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 as being something to, to be, to be uh, established here, something to be enforced, and especially among the new Gentile converts. And, and what Paul says here is that watch out for them. Watch out for those that, that, that still hold on to the old way of things, the, the law that, that they want to impose on us. And, and the, the main issue with these Judaizers were that the new Gentile converts would be, and we talked about that, circumcised, right? And again, I'll tell you, this is not a Mother's Day message. <laughs> and, um, but the Apostle Paul warns against this, this very thing. He warns against any kind of righteousness that people may feel, and even if they feel it sincerely, right? Because you can feel something sincerely and be sincerely wrong, <laughs> And so this is what was happening. These guys were really sincere. And he says, watch out for them. You know why? Because what they wanted to, to, to establish, what, what, they, what they wanted to enact, right? what they want to impose on others, was not rooted in Jesus. It was rooted in their own desires and their own understandings. And, and what they wanted to do was impose that on other people. And, and Paul says, you know what? Put no confidence in the flesh. He says that in verse 3. It's not about the flesh. And so, Paul specifically says, watch out for them. And he gives this great warning. And um, because that, that's not true Christianity. That's not where, where we stand and place our feet and believe in Christ Jesus. Especially when it comes to the means of salvation. The Apostle Paul knows that salvation is found only in Jesus. And there's no other name under heaven that, on earth that can be, uh, that are given by which we can be saved. Right? Only Christ alone. Jesus even said this in John chapter 14 verse 6. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. That's what Jesus said. And so we got to get back to the heart of Jesus, of why we rejoice in anything at all. And it's because of Jesus. And, um, and the Apostle Paul, he takes all of the things that made himself righteous. He takes all of the things that sets him apart of being righteous and, and I'm going to read this passage to you again. Listen to what he says about who he is and the things that make him righteous. Whatever gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What's more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, he says. Whew. Just think, think about that for just a second. This is the Apostle Paul, right? He's a, a spiritual giant among, among all of the disciples. And, and he's got great credentials. And all you know, the, the things that, that made the Apostle Paul righteous, none of them in and of itself is wrong. 
None of them in and of itself is bad. He says, you know, he was taken care of uh, along the, the Jewish rites when he was eight, eight, eight days old. So he was circumcised. I was trying to get around that, but I can't. So uh, there you go. He, he was righteous in that, right? He did it. And then he also says that he's from the tribe of Benjamin, which is great. Because that's the heart of, 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 of the people that he came from. And then he says, I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. And I was a Pharisee. I kept the law. All of those things are great and righteous. But you know what Paul says? You take everything that made him great. Everything that set him apart. Everything that made him righteous. And he says this. When you put all of that compared to even knowing Jesus... All of that is trash. All of that is rubbish compared to the worth of knowing Christ. Wow. That's amazing. What's even more amazing (laughs) is the word garbage. Some of you have done word studies and you guys know where I'm going. But I know a lot of people haven't done the word study on this yet. And you guys will be surprised to find out that this word garbage that the Apostle Paul uses here is the Greek word skubalon, right? And skubalon, I think I, I have the definition up here for you, um, right here. You guys, can you guys put that on the screen, please? Skubalon, it says, it's any refuse as the excrement of animals. <laughs> So that's what scubalon is. It's refuse or the excrement of animals. It's rubbish, the dregs of things that are worthless and detestable. Literally, the Apostle Paul is saying that anything that, that I ever considered for me to be righteous compared to that of knowing Christ Jesus, any, all of that stuff is pure poop. Say that with me. Pure poop. Say that. Go ahead. Pure poop. That's what the Apostle Paul says. He says, this is scubalon. It's just pure poop. It's the dregs, the worthless things. All his accomplishments compared to that of knowing Christ Jesus is garbage. That's huge. Now, I want to take us back to the first sentence of chapter 3. Rejoice in the Lord. That's where Paul's identity, everything about Paul, comes back to that one sentence right there. Because all of the great things about Paul, they're good in and of itself. But when you compare it to his relationship with God... It's nothing. So Paul tells us, rejoice. But it's very specific where our joy comes from. And that's rejoicing in the Lord. And so, the Apostle Paul reminds us of the true value, the high honor and the great importance it is of being in the Lord. And and sometimes we overlook that. It's true. I do. And so do you. We overlook the fact of how important it is that, that our relationship is squarely centered in the Lord. 
Because we allow so many other things to distract us, so many other things in this world to, to define us, when Paul is saying without a doubt that all the things that he should be defined as, as a Pharisee, a Hebrew of Hebrews, I'm from the tribe of Benjamin, that's all pure poop compared to the fact that I know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And so, today, I just want to share with you three things that I believe that the Apostle Paul really, really desired in his life. And then he desired it for the life of the church, of the people in the church of Philippi. And without a doubt, the, the, the desire extends to all people who follow Jesus, you and I. And so here's the first desire. Paul's first desire is that his entire identity is found wholly and fully in Jesus. Right? That, that, he, that the Apostle Paul completely identifies himself with Christ and Christ alone. Everything else he compares to is garbage. Nothing. And so, what Paul desires more than anything is to identify with Jesus' life and believe it or not, his death and of course, his resurrection. He wants to to know and understand all of those things. And look at the end of verse 8 into verse 9. He says, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him. Paul wants to be found in Christ. And isn't it such a unifying message for our church that our identity, all of us here, is found squarely in Jesus? That's such a unifying message. Because we got to put aside all of the other things that we use to identify ourselves. We've got to put that all aside. Because if we don't, we look out into this world, and what do we see? We see division rampant in our country. Because everybody is just identifying in all these different ways. But when we enter into the sanctuary doors, and we come into the house of the Lord... Our identity needs to be squarely and only in Christ Jesus. That's what the Apostle Paul wants more than anything. He could have said, I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. Yeah, let's go, Benjis. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. I'm a Pharisee. I'm not a Sadducee. There's so many things that he could identify with. But he only identifies with one thing because everything else he says is poop. It's trash. It's dregs. It's rubbish. Christ and Christ alone. And when the church comes together and we identify as followers of Jesus and and that is who we are, church, we're going to thrive in the midst of a world that is just falling apart. I've seen it happen in other churches. And it cannot happen here. We are the children of God. That makes us family. We are Ohana. And that should be our identity, the children of God. The second desire Paul had, I have no doubt that the life Paul was living (laughs) was swirling around him 
not too different from the swirling life that we all have right now. And I sincerely believe that we choose where our attention goes, right? We get to choose what we pay attention to. And for the Apostle Paul, he purposely chose to place his attention on Christ and Christ alone. For the Apostle Paul, that was so important. And I want to remind you of what Paul's situation was like as he's writing this letter. If you missed the beginning of this letter, you probably didn't know this. Paul is in prison. He's waiting a sentence that could condemn him to death. He's there in a Roman prison. Now, if you were in prison awaiting a sentence that could possibly lead to your own execution, what, what would you be thinking about? What, where would your attention be? Would you be studying the law to find any kind of loophole that could get you out of this current situation that you're in? Would you be, would you be trying to get your, 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 your life and your finances in order to make sure that your family is cared for? You'd be doing all kinds of other things to get yourself ready for what could possibly happen. But you know what Paul does? <laughs> Listen to what Paul says as he's facing death and where he places his attention. Oh my goodness. He still wants to know more and more about Jesus. This is verses 10 and 11. Hear the word of the Lord. Paul says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his suffering, becoming like him in death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. That's, that's what Paul is writing while he's in prison, awaiting a death sentence. I want to know Christ. Because his attention is not on all the things that are swirling around him. What might happen? He, he, he wants to know Christ more. The Apostle Paul. That, that's just amazing. And so as I read this, these two verses right here, verse 10 and 11, I thought, man, what an amazing prayer. That you and I can pray. Like, Pastor, what do I pray for? Pray this. Lord, I want to know Christ. I want to know the power of His resurrection. And I want to participate in His suffering and become like Him even in death and so somehow attain to the resurrection from the dead. That's what I want to know. When your attention is on Jesus, you can say that. You can live it. You can believe it. It becomes you. It becomes your identity. Your attention is all there. And then the third thing that I believe Paul was, wanted his desire to be for himself, for his church in Philippi, for us today, is to make Jesus your, your passion. Because when you read this, it's, it's, it's all about his, what he's so passionate about, and that is Christ. Christ alone. His desire is to continue to grow his relationship with Christ. Because what Paul says is, I'm still on this journey that God has me on. So, and I'm trying my best to, to know Christ. Yeah! And understand what it means to be resurrected in my own heart and life. Church, do you know what that means for you today? Do you know what it means to live in the resurrection of Christ as we are living right now? If you don't, 
understand what that means, then you've got some growing to do. Just as Paul has said, this is what I want to know. And, and, and then try to understand what it means to die like Christ died so that when, when Christ was resurrected, I want to live into that. That's such a mystery to so many people, even to me. And I think we all should continue to be on this journey to be in Christ. Let me ask you a question. What brings you joy? Do you rejoice in the Lord? I hope you do. And there's other things to rejoice in, obviously. But can I ask you just as as important another question? What ticks you off? Because that's important too. It reveals, it reveals something about you. It reveals whether or not Christ is your passion. And if your identity is found in him. And where are you going to spend all your attention on? We can be transformed so much that we fall in love with Jesus so deeply that he becomes our all in all. And that's what Paul is trying to get at. And for Mother's Day, I dare say that moms would say, Pastor Gordon, I approve of that message. <laughs> and so today, as we, as we finish up, as we, as we complete this sermon, this nice, tidy, short little sermon, so you can go on for your, your Mother's Day adventures, May we truly rejoice in the Lord. Yeah, we can rejoice in other things, but like Paul says, a lot of these other things that we put our our joy in, it's garbage compared to the surpassing joy of knowing Jesus. So my prayer is today, that you and I, we can find our identity. We can unify around that in Jesus. We can turn our attention from the swirling things of this world and what's going on, and we can place it squarely on the cross, on Jesus. And I I believe this, that when we do that, (laughs) we will desire more of Christ. We will want to have him more and more a part of our lives. So much so that we're going to want to know what is it like for the resurrection of Jesus to take place in my life? What is it like for me to understand what it's like to die for others so that I may be raised again in Christ? Do you understand that? That beautiful mystery of Christ? When you become passionate about Jesus and you begin to seek that with all your heart, life is not the same. So church, as we move forward into these perilous days, if you watch the news, there's something down the road that's going to just wrench our nation again. Let's be united in Jesus so that we can be the church that God desires us to be.